And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC Football Podcast. It's Wednesday, which means I'm your host, David Ubbin. Joined, as always, by Josh Kendall, our South Carolina writer. Josh, we got a lot to get to today, but I wanted to go uh, back a step before we go forward. We talked about this a little bit on Monday's show uh, with Andy Staples. You can go there for that full discussion if you haven't heard that. But new coach Shane Beamer kept a lot of South Carolina's staff. And I don't know that I've seen that many staffers retained, especially coordinators, from a staff that was fired you cover South Carolina every day. What do you make of those decisions? Do they look differently in Columbia than they do from the rest of SEC country? So we're going to put a little little placeholder in this conversation, and I'm going to reserve the right to turn back to this page. Right now, I'm going to call it bold. Right now, that's how we're going to classify it as bold. <laughs> okay. Reserve the right to come back and scratch out bold and write in something different because – you're right. This was, you know, not only a staff that was fired, but a staff that was fired, a head coach that was fired after a 2-8 and eight season, and it was going really poorly. The kind of situation where lots of fans wanted a completely clean house. And at the moment, Shane Beamer is going to be retaining at least 40% of Will Muschamp's staff. I think there's a chance, depending on what happens at the wide receiver coaching with Joe Cox, there's a chance this gets to 50%, an outside chance. But... Uh, again, context is everything. And, you know, from completely, if, if in a vacuum, Mike Bobo is as good as South Carolina should expect to do at offensive coordinator. Mike Bobo can coach offensive football. But he is tied to that previous regime. He is tied to the 2020 season, which was terrible, in which they finished 10th in the SEC in scoring and in yards per play. He, you know... The Gamecocks now have two, not one, but two coaches from a Tennessee staff that is on the verge of all being out of jobs in Will Friend and Tracy Rocker. Shane Beamer sold himself in the interview process and was sold in in part, I think, to Gamecock fans as a guy who was going to be a CEO-type leader who had a ton of connections and was well-liked and respected in the coaching community and was going to bring in an all-star staff. Right now, he's brought in 40% of the last staff. So, it's a bold move. I respect him for sticking with Bobo if he really believes that Bobo is the guy to get it done. And you can point to evidence that Bobo is really good at his job. And you can point to evidence that the Bobo-Will Friend connection really works. And people will say good things about Tracy Rocker. And I know why you keep Mike Peterson, because he's a sharp, young guy, long NFL career, can recruit tight with some of this team's really important key defensive linemen so you can go through and understand it all but if you're 
winning two games again next year, this time next year this is a two-win team, he's mm-hmm. going to catch a lot of heat for this this decision. Dare I say it's a bubble decision. Bobold. But I, I'm scratching out bold writing in Bobold. Yes, I like that. <laughs> You're welcome I'm for sticking, that I'm sticking with that one. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, like we talked about on, on Monday, you know, I just um, – when you turn the page and you hit the reset button, you buy yourself a little bit of a grace period. Not a long one, as a lot of coaches find out. But I, I think when you when you have that many holdovers, like you mentioned, I think you forfeit some of that and you say, well, I think this is working. We're going to tweak it. We're not going to hit the reset button. You know, it, and there's an it's a bold, there's it's a bold, bold move. I don't know that I think it's a great one, but we'll right. see. And there's an echo here back to Will Muschamp. South Carolina fans really are not going to want to hear this, but Will Muschamp got the job originally and doubled down on Kurt Roper as his offensive coordinator, who had been his last guy at Florida. And he said, I know people think Kurt Roper stinks because we stunk at Florida, but if I'd hired Kurt Roper the first time right away, I'd still have a job. Blah, blah, blah. Kurt Roper's my guy. I'm going to stick to my guns and – hire Kurt Roper again well sticking to your guns is great when it works when it doesn't work it's stubborn and Kurt Roper didn't work and Will Will never got out of that rut so you know again that that there's there's some ominous foreshadowing in that decision potentially yeah uh you know hindsight's 2020 but sometimes foresight's okay too (laughs) and uh you know an inauspicious start from where I'm sitting but you know I haven't been wrong about anything before, but it was the first time for anything. Maybe, maybe so, this is the time we're this, wrong. This might be it. This we'll, might be we it. will leave open that possibility. Yes. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we appreciate you guys uh, during another, holly, or another holiday week. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you should do that. We've got a full uh, set of shows this week. Um, they can cancel can all the SEC Bowl games, but they can't cancel yes. football and grits. That's very true. Uh yeah, but I think it's um, whatever podcast purveyor you use, you can have that uh, our show every weekday delivered to your device. And if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you should change that at theathletic.com slash grits. Um, have access to our entire college football staff, every sports. Um, I may work for The Athletic, but I also read The Athletic quite a bit. Um, so uh, call me biased if you must, but I will put up our team against anybody. And I think if you give us a shot, you might agree. So thank you for tuning in. Um, Josh, I believe as I understand it, Arkansas was getting ready to get on the bus to go down to Texas, play TCU in the uh, the Texas Bowl. And as we've seen many times, that game is not going to happen. Sad, sad, empty buses pulling away from Razorback <laughs> Stadium are definitely yeah. going into the 2020 video montage somewhere. <laughs> I don't, you know, we, we we run a podcast, so it's our job to say things about things. I don't have much to say about it. I'm just, it's just sad and predictable, and it's hard to really, you know, we said it on Monday's show when they had, you know, when, when uh, Missouri's bowl game was canceled, I said, this isn't going to be the last one, and it's not, <laughs> and, I, you know... There's just not a ton of incentive. Crawling to the fin. There's just yeah. not a ton of incentive to break your back to play the Texas Bowl yeah. or the Gasparilla Bowl or even, God bless them, the Cotton Bowl. Um, although I do look forward to seeing what offensive innovator Dan Mullen is going to do with eight guys <laughs> on that side of the ball uh, yeah. against Oklahoma. Yeah. But I think what I think we'll be. Go ahead. But but you're right. I mean it 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 is sad. But I'm glad that they're not trucking. 42 guys down there to play a bowl game i'm i'm at yeah. least glad that, i think we expressed some frustration i know i did 
that the SEC seemed like it was just going to be really, really hard-headed about playing every single game it could possibly play, no matter what. I'm glad to see that in the face of, you know, the reality of the week and the game and the rosters that they're backing down some from that. And I think it's it's important to mention that this is not the bowl experience that you sort of hear trumpeted. This is just another road game for pretty much all these teams. There's not, you know, the prime rib banquet or the fancy dinners or, you know, the events or, you know, the fun days at, uh, you know, the family fun center or whatever, or the beach trips. You're going in, they might have a dinner of some kind, and then you're doing a walkthrough, you're playing, and you're leaving. Now, I think we'll – I haven't – you know, there hasn't been a lot of chatter about these playoff games. You know, those being in doubt, that will be a more complicated conversation if they have to delay one of those. Or, oh, they're playing. Or what they're that playing looks like. Those, those are getting played. Play. They're going to play those suckers. My fear but I'm, is I'm that curious we're going to see. If we get into that point. Yeah, my, my fear is we're going to see some weird roster. You know, like Trevor's, we've already seen it with Trevor, but if a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields or a, you know, knock on wood, spit, spit, a Devontae Smith can't play, you know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're off the roster, that changes the landscape of things, and that'll stink, but I think we have to be aware that that's imminently possible. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, as far as bowl games that are happening, you mentioned the Gators. You know, we talked about them on Monday. No Kyle Pitts. Well, no Trevon Grimes now and no uh, Kadarius Toney, who I think is one of the more electric guys with the ball in his hand in the entire sport. Future uh, Kansas City him, Chief Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I compared him to Tavon Austin earlier this uh, this year uh, in terms of guys that playing the college game, they're just people that just – you don't see guys move like him. The the twitchiness, the you know make you miss in a phone booth type of, um, type of play, you don't see that very often. So they're going to miss him. Um, Buckle up, Justin Shorter. I guess uh, that's that's your that's Justin Shorter's music. So uh, be prepared. You know, again, I don't know what you make of these bowl games. This is not going to be, um, you know, your older brother's Florida. This is going to be a 
a hamstrung Florida team. Um, but, you know, how much do people care about that, pay attention to that? Ultimately, it's still Florida on the jersey. And if you lose to Oklahoma, you're, you're going to have to wear that. Do, so, you play, do you play Emory Jones if you're Dan Mullen? Do you, do you, do you go in there saying, I'm going to give Emory Jones six series minimum because I just want to see what he can do and Kyle's got nobody to throw to anyway? You know, we appreciate your service start the game and now let's have a seat and let's just let's just fiddle around with what 2021 might look like i think you can i think if you're willing to take the heat and dan mullen's in position to take the heat he can if he wants to do that i don't think he will i don't know what you know i think he would want to 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 play his best guys um i would be entertained if he did because it'd be a lot to talk about (laughs) yeah i just i just don't know with you know kyle trask has nothing left to prove Mm-hmm. We talked about the guys who were out. I mean, if the, if Gator fans aren't willing to give Dan Mullen a mulligan to just goof around, I mean, frankly, who cares if you win the Cotton Bowl in two th- in the pandemic season of two thousand and twenty? Yeah. I mean, I, I could see an argument, an absolutely reasonable argument for saying two thousand twenty one spring practice starts Wednesday. You know, I, I, I think it's a fair argument. I don't think that coaches and players see it that way. I think if you detach from it from a 30,000-foot level, I think you're right. Um, I'd be curious to see if anybody actually does that in a bowl game. You know, Florida's probably the best case of, you know, you got a guy in Kyle Trask who's got some money ahead of him, playing with, um, you know, a short stick a little bit. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, another Florida coach – Dan Mullen is very familiar with. Mr. Urban Meyer hasn't been in the SEC in a while, but this week was interesting, Josh, because we heard from uh, multiple stories, really, um, that Urban, uh, we'll say the NFL is uh, interested in Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer is not uh, is not stiff-arming them. We'll say that. Sure, fair. So sounds right. Now, there's lots of chatter this week. He's moving up to the NFL been in TV for a while, focusing on his health, family, all of those things. You know, I, I get a sense that Urban likes to be pursued. Uh, you, get that, I get a you, sense. you get that idea, huh? <laughs> I get, get that, that idea. You just you I don't know that out of why. Either, did you? I, knowing Urban and knowing how much control he wants to have over a program, I don't really know why you would say no to Texas, who would give you control about you know of everything, like you have in a college program. And then go to the NFL where you're going to have to have a complicated, you know, you might have some input, but you're probably not going to be the GM. You've never coached at that level. It's a whole new experience. If you want to do that, you can. I have a hard time believing that this becomes anything more than what we're talking about right now, chatter. Am I wrong? What do you, what do you make of, of the sudden uh, influx of Urban Meyer headlines in the sport of football this week? I don't know that it's necessarily a sudden influx. I think there's all there are always Urban Meyer headlines in college football, and I think Urban Meyer is clearly fine with that because yeah. if not, he could shut it down in a heartbeat. But we've gone through this for gone through this for a decade now. In case you haven't figured it out, I'm not really a huge Urban guy, and I'm not sure I can put my finger. I can you know I can give you a bullet list of this is why. I just I've, I've had enough. I'm up to here with hearing about urban meyer that being said i hope he goes to the jaguars it's the only thing in this world that would make the jacksonville jaguars interesting to me as a guy who finds the nfl you know i I enjoy the nfl 
but not nearly as much as college football. And the reason is it's just it's almost too good. It's almost too clean. It's just it, it's there's it's so business. It's so efficient. It's so everything that you know I like the messiness of college football. And so for me, seeing if Urban worked in Jacksonville, I would pay attention to that. I would be interested in that. But beyond that. I would just rather Urban take a job or not take a job. I kind of wish he'd stay at Fox, too, because I think he does a good job. I like his playbook stuff. I think that that's very – I think he's good at that. I'm just tired of all the will he and won't he with Urban. Yeah, I, I think just uh, – if he's already said no to Texas, you know, you never say never, but the idea of going to the NFL just doesn't really hold – I think, like I said, I think he likes being pursued. I think he likes being talked about. Would he like trying to run an NFL team? I am very skeptical of, I'm not sure. <laughs> of that. I mean, I'm not sure he wants to go work for Trevor Lawrence. And if you go to the NFL, yeah. that's what you're doing. You, you, you the, know, the power dynamic is entirely flipped in the NFL. Right. And so that, that I'm going to segue. I'm going to steal steal the moment here to segue into my professor Ubin take for you because please do the the, is, the lectern is yours. This is this is my take, and this is where I am, and it fits into this conversation. I think that major college football is in a dangerous spot from a coaching standpoint. And I think now it's facing a it's facing pressure on both ends. I've heard behind the scenes from people for a while that they're worried about a brain drain in major college football because these guys are tired of recruiting, especially recruiting calendar that goes on all year long. So the guys who can get out are going to take more opportunities to get out because they're sick of it. I now think we're seeing pressure on the bottom end where guys who are making good money at group of five jobs are not just tripping over themselves to move up anymore. They're more willing to be patient and make their $2 million a year because they know what they're getting into. So we've got, we've got to a point where there's, there's a smaller and smaller of – subset of really smart guys who want those jobs more than they want oxygen and are willing to do anything for those jobs and it's these control freak type guys like urban meyer who are just addicted to the crown and the throne and now we throw in nli and now we throw in the transfer portal where you're losing Mm -hmm. some of that control i just think that Power five jobs are not necessarily the no-brainers that they once were, and I think that college football, I think that the college football coaching talent is going to be diluted because of all of these factors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, that's our final Professor Ubin segment of uh, 2020, our Wednesday shows. i got to give you an A-plus on this one. Um, you finished strong. I, I, I like it. I think you're right. I think the job is getting more complicated. I think one thing that sort of the average football fan doesn't necessarily realize 
is how much worse the quality of life is as a college coach <laughs> compared to high school and pros. In high school, you can just be a football coach. You might have to teach a geography class a couple hours a day, but you're you're a football coach. You go to the pros, you can you, you're a football coach. In college, you have to wear fifty thousand different hats, and you never have you know you have some time off maybe in June, but you never really have much. You're recruiting. You're fundraising, you're doing speaking engagements, you're doing camps, you're doing your TV show. All these things are required. And then on top of that, you've got to coach football, you've got to manage your roster, all of those things. Um, and these guys so who I, live and it, breathe. It seems, these, like a, it seems like not a, not a pleasant experience in no, general. These guys who live and breathe it, who recruit really hard, at least at the head coach level, I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say that they average – 150 text messages a day. That might be on the low end. 365 days a year. So I really want you to sit, listen, I really want you to think about that. Yeah, I mean, 200 is, my understanding, not out of, you know, not an abnormal day in any way. And that's every single day, all the time. So that wears on you. And you've got to really love it. And you've got to really love all the other stuff that comes with it to put mm-hmm. up with that. And it's all of those other things that you really love, which are, you know, being in complete control of everything else. As those start to dissipate a little bit, it just becomes less and less worth it and less and less worth it. As the money gets better on the bottom end of the job, I mean, a guy like Brent Venables, Brent Venables, and God bless him, I agree with him completely, is perfectly happy living in Clemson, South Carolina, making $2.5 million a year and not Coach having to do... the best players. <laughs> yeah, and not having to do half the crap that Dabo Sweeney has to do or any other of these Power 5 mm-hmm. head coaches have to do. I just, you know, I, I think I think the sport is, you know, these centrifuges, they spin and spin and spin and spin and spin, and we're starting to see little pieces fly off the the outer circle. You know, you mentioned the the loss of control. I hadn't thought about the transfer legislation and the NIL coming in at the same time, in the same year, basically, where you're going to have to re-recruit your roster, which I don't feel sorry for the coaches, but I can, I can acknowledge that their job is about to get harder. And I'm very curious what happens the next time. <laughs> The next time a player has to go shoot a local car ad and has to miss a training session or, uh, you know, or has to reschedule something along those lines. Absolutely. Uh, like, a, you know, I'm very curious what that happens because I don't think you're going to see the power dynamic shift a ton in college, but it will shift slightly. But when um, you're the one with the, you have to but when you're the one with the power, even if you just, even if you go from a hundred percent to just 90%, it feels like you've lost a ton when yeah. when that is what draws you to the jobs, when that is so intoxicating, when that is so much a part of why you want to do it and how you're able to do it. I don't mean to say that this is totally and completely a bad and terrible thing. Um, I, I think that the guys who do it that way would tell you the only way to do it successfully is if I control every moment of everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're right, but I'm sure that's what they tell you. Yeah, you know, uh, shifting gears a little bit before we before we uh, say goodbye to our listeners, we we should look at you know the Heisman is this week. Uh, well, 
I suppose when are they revealing it? It's like after the championship games or something like that. Yeah, like I, 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 I want them the to. The schedule's reveal. messed up. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, confused. I always forget about the. I, I'm less excited about the Heisman race by the time they announce it. I wish they would announce <laughs> it sooner or vote later. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask are in the mix. Joe Burrow ran away with it last year. A pretty easy vote this year. A more complicated vote. I'm very curious to see how the voting uh, ends up. But Joe Burrow had one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen last year and this year we saw Kyle Trask and Mac Jones didn't quite get there in every metric but in some metrics they did and I think watching Joe Burrow and you finish the season you look back and you say wow that was about the greatest season we've ever seen I think the thing I take away from watching this year watching the shift in the SEC we've talked about this all year seeing so many more 55-42 games is I think in the next five years, we're going to see somebody have a better season than Joe Burrow. What do you make of, uh, I of think you're, I think Mac you're Jones com- and Trask? I think you're completely right. And I think that, um, again, we were all amazed by Joe Burrow. But he was it, when, when you start breaking down Joe Burrow versus Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, Joe clearly, you know, this is a volume argument. Joe hit numbers that we couldn't really fathom. 5,600 yards, 60 touchdowns. But if Trask and Jones played 12, played 15 games, they'd they'd be there too. Joe averaged Mm -hmm. 378 per game. Trask is averaging 375. Mac Jones has got better yards per attempt than both of them when you're talking about the difference between the 2020-2019 season. Now, Burrow at 76% completion percentage was way up there. But Trask is at 70, Mac is at 71. I, you know, I think this is just where college football is now. And I think that very, very likely that if Mac or Trask played 15 games this year, they would have already topped those numbers. So I don't think there's any question that we're going to see somebody get there soon. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brock Vandergriff. <laughs> Shout out to Mac Jones coming. Uh, Mac, Mac Jones coming back for a second year and putting up the best back-to-back seasons in college football history. I tell you, you know, we mentioned Brock Vandergriff. Uh, I love what I saw from Bryce Young this year. Bryce Young, my goodness, <laughs> the ball comes flying out of there. The kid, you know, the he, kid at he, Clemson ain't bad either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, the, the the future of the position in college sports uh, in college football is is promising and the future uh, of the playoff is set for six years but anyway go yes. ahead yes congratulations to Alabama and Clemson for their 2021 um, playoff berths um, fantastic work um, by them they worked hard all year for that um, you know good job guys good job guys <laughs> see you in the championship game next year and we will see you guys tomorrow I'll be back with Mitch Light our college football editor. Thank you guys for listening again. If you uh, aren't subscribed to the show, you should do that. You can have every show delivered directly to your device. And if you aren't a subscriber to The Athletic, it's very easy to change uh, that. Go to theathletic.com slash grits, sign up. We've always got great deals, so come check us out. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow. Myself and Mitch Light. See you on the other side. (laughs) 